I am Michael Berryman, and I am going to be the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 99. I'm Brian Zemrak, and this is the show that keeps you updated on Movies, remakes, sequels, upcoming movies, TV and movies coming out on DVD, and of course, our ever-popular interview segment. This week, we have a great guest joining us. He was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest with Jack Nicholson, Danny DeVito, Christopher Lloyd. He was also in Wes Craven's The Hills Have Eyes in 1977. He was in Star Trek IV, The Voyager Home, the Star Trek Next Generation. He was in X-Files. He's been in all sorts of stuff. He's Michael Berryman. So get ready for that. Michael's a great guy. He's got some great stories to tell us. And it's all coming up next right here on Screen and Beyond. But uh, we want to remind you to be sure to check us out on Facebook, and you can become a fan. And if you want, uh, right on the front page of onscreenandbeyond.com, right at the top, we have a segment where you can just click a button, and you'll go right to there, and you can become a fan and all that stuff. So check that out. Let's get right into it. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Remake Madness. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, it looks like the graphic novel Lock and Key may be remade into a movie. It's still in the early stages, but we'll keep you informed on that. And Brad and Angie starred in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Now, it seems they're going to look for a a remake and new people in it. Hmm. And uh, I guess they're getting too old for it, I guess. (laughs) Uh, But this one, like I say, will be without Brad and Angie. And rumors are out that Jonathan Winters will supply the voice for Papa Smurf in the Smurf remake of the kids' TV show. So that's going to be coming your way. Keep an eye out for that. We'll keep you informed as we hear more. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as upcoming movies? As far as upcoming movies from On Screen and Beyond, 2011 will bring us Soul Surfer, starring Dennis Quaid, Helen Hunt, Kevin Sorbo, and Carrie Underwood. And it's about a teenage surfer girl who heads back to the ocean after losing an arm in a shark attack. And Kevin Sorbo will also be in The Illuminati, Out of Chaos Comes Order in 2011. It's about a secret society existing throughout history. C. Thomas Howell is also rumored to star in it. You can check out our interview with C. Thomas Howell in our rerun section at OSB on screen and beyond, that is, dot com. That's right. And Pixar is working on a new film called The Bear and the Bow, and it is looking for a December 2011 release, and we'll continue uh, looking at that one because we're just wondering will they continue their animation supremacy? Stay tuned. We'll keep you up on that one. And that's about it for upcoming movies. Next, we're going to take a look at sequels, taking you down to Sequel City right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, it looks like Toy Story 3 has been showing trailers on the net, and it looks like Barbie's Ken will be one of the new characters this time around. And uh, you might even see a few other different characters that you haven't seen in the past on the Toy Story stories. And the latest Muppet movie 
will be called uh, The Greatest Muppet Movie of All Time. Okay, now we talked about the, this remake a little while ago, or not a remake, the sequel rather, and uh, this they finally come out with a name. They had a name earlier, but they changed it, so we'll see if this one sticks. All right, uh, shooting is finally expected to start this summer on Mission Impossible 4 with Tom Cruise, so get ready for that one. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a look at TV on DVD right here on On Screen and Beyond. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As far as TV on DVD, it looks like May 18th, you can look for Law and Order, Criminal Intent, the fifth season. And it's going to be coming to DVD on that date. And April 20th, Xena. Warrior Princess Season 1 arrives on DVD, and it looks like May 25th, True Blood Season 2 comes to DVD and Blu-ray, and on August 24th, Lost, the sixth and final season. That's right, the sixth and final season coming out on August 24th. It's just starting up here, and it comes out on DVD and Blu-ray on August 24th. So that's about it for TV on DVD. Coming up next, let's take a look and see what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD, right here on On Screen and Beyond. All right, let's take a quick look at movies on DVD. April 27th, look for The Descent Part 2 when it arrives on DVD. And March 3rd, Precious, the uh, Monique and Mariah Carey movie, it comes out on DVD on that date. It's one of the Oscar nominees, and Planet 51 lands on DVD on March 9th. It stars The Rock in the animated space movie. And that's about it for movies on DVD. Coming up next, we have our interview with Michael Berryman. Now, like I said, Michael, he's a great guy. Uh, if you ever see him at a convention, because he goes a lot about uh, to a lot of them, he talks about that in the interview. Uh, he goes to all these conventions, very approachable. Be sure to go up to him and talk with him. He's a great guy. And uh, Michael Berryman has been um, in Star Trek IV, The Hills Have Eyes, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, so many things. It's coming up. He's going to talk about all of those right here on On Screen and Beyond next. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond was one of the patients in the film One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest alongside Jack Nicholson, Danny DeVito, and Christopher Lloyd. He starred in Wes Craven's The Hills Have Eyes in 1977 as well as being in Weird Science, Star Trek IV The Voyage Home, Star Trek The Next Generation, The X-Files, and so much more. It's Michael Berryman. Welcome to On Screen and Beyond, Michael. Thank you so much. It's great to be on. It seems like you're busy all the time looking at your credits. Yes, I just got back from Lafayette, Louisiana, and did a little uh, 
two-day shoot down there. People were wonderful. What a lovely, lovely uh, part of the country. Uh, so I, I'm very grateful to uh, having George Powell give me my break, and I'm, I've always been grateful to uh, working with uh, good people like Michael Landon and Milos and Saul. And, um, it, it just broadens your whole life, and, and you have a chance. Sometimes you get the rare opportunity to have a wonderful screenplay play, like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, where you can bring out uh, the, the human aspect of, of the reality, and, and, and it, it was a high-caliber um, um, subject matter, and I, I, I'm always grateful when you get something that has some meat on the bones and it has a lot of humanity in it. Um, uh, to me, that's what I always try to seek out. Sometimes you do uh, yeah, a little less quality work, but even if it's a smaller film and maybe uh, the script isn't as, as uh, cultured, I always try to bring something extra to my character regardless uh, from if he's a grave digger or an angel, it doesn't matter. I always try to bring something from myself, and and and, and it seems to be working. Uh, my fans, uh, my fans really love me, and I love my fans. Oh yeah. yeah. Do Do you enjoy going to the um, different conventions that are going on and and meeting the fr- the fans? I really look forward to it. Uh, the years that I have, the more conventions, the happier I am because it gives you a a, a real pulse of of uh, the population and where people are at. Um, you meet. Uh, I've um, I've met wonderful friends that I've had over the years, and we keep in touch on my MySpace or emails. Occasionally, you'll see them again at a show. And there's the kids; they're a little older now. Uh, it, we don't always talk everything film. We, uh, uh, it's it's a chance for good friends to come together and and share and meet new friends and. I, I, I did about seven guest appearances last year at independent film festivals, and it's so exciting to see the young up-and-coming filmmakers. Uh, the creativity and the range of artistic expression is, is phenomenal. Um, I think everyone should dabble in it to some degree or another in their lifetime. It's, it's very rewarding. Yeah. Now, the cast of uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I mean, they, they were all relatively, you know, I don't want to say beginners because they had been in a while, you know, around for a while. But you know, their their careers seem to just take off from from that point on. I mean, you got uh, Christopher Lloyd and Danny DeVito and Jack Nicholson and, and yourself and I mean Louise and it, it was just amazing. It was a wonderful springboard. I I have to laugh because when Jack was uh, getting his uh, his hair trimmed just a little bit to have lobotomy scars uh, applied. Fred Phillips, the wonderful makeup artist extraordinaire, uh, was reassuring Jack that the hairs would grow back that he was shaving. And I gave him a wink and a smile. I said, Jack, it's okay. It's okay. My, my receding hairline is complete. It, it, it'll, it, you'll age well. And then I asked him, I said, what would you do if you were uh, not doing acting, Jack? And he said, well, Michael, if I had your stature, he said, I, I would be an Indian. And uh, uh, that's why the uh, uh, they would schedule the weekends around Jack's uh, ability to run up to Portland to see the Trailblazers, and um, he loves the sport. He's you know he's a pretty athletic fellow. We had a basketball court at the, at the Nut House. I mean, yes, we called it the Nut House. Yeah. And you know he's a 
he's just a multiple talented fellow. He's a very good friend, and he, you know, I just I wish more people in the industry were as straightforward and honest um, as, as Jack Nicholson. He's, he's just a great guy. Do Do you keep in touch with any of the other people in the cast and crew? On On occasion, uh, I, I was. Um, I had a pretty good uh, uh, contact uh, um, with uh, uh, Vinny, um, uh, even up until when we when he when we lost him. I um, uh, I haven't talked to many too many others since because uh, I don't live in Los Angeles. I live way up in Northern California. Mm-hmm. I have to be around the forest, and uh, I like grew to- up in Santa Monica before there was a freeway and. I, I, it's just too stressful for me to live in a, in a helter, uh, uh, well, in a hectic pace like yeah. there is in, in, in the megalopolis. Yeah. You know, they're just not well planned out. I like small towns. Now, after uh, Cuckoo's Nest, uh, of course, with, within two years there, uh, you were in The Hills Have Eyes. How did you come about getting the part of uh, uh, Pluto in Hills Have Eyes? Well, I uh, um, I had a meeting. I think that they had already, Peter and Wes uh, had already kind of, chosen me, well, obviously for my looks, I'm sure, but we had a chance to meet, and during conversation, I, I, it became apparent to me that these are two very intelligent people, Wes, I believe, was a, uh, I think he was a college professor, or, or he's been a teacher, and, and, and Peter's just a, yeah, he's got a wonderful, wonderful sense of humor, and uh, Wes has one also, and a real wicked um sensibility about story and crafting a, a film and we've done four films together and um, I wasn't sure if I would be on the on the cover but uh, during the filming of the hills have eyes I had arm surgery under my under my shoulders and so they gave me the hides to wear over them to protect them and yeah I had <laughs> I had some big chunks removed uh, during the during the filming and it was hot in the daytime cold at night very physical you know, rolling in the dirt, and and I didn't complain. I just took care of what I needed to take care of, and it got all better. But they they actually pulled me in the office one day and said, "Hey, look, you know, you, you weren't complaining. You worked really hard. You did a wonderful job for us. Plus, having to go have surgery during one of the breaks while we were filming and come back and continue." He said, uh, "We want to show you how much we appreciate it. We're going to." Put your face on the cover, and you're going to be famous and all over the world on the cover and the poster. And how cool is that when you have the uh, uh, the Hills Have Eyes poster, and you're in the, you are the poster, and it's inside the cabin in Evil Dead. I mean, um, I really uh, thought it was groovy the way the directors would homage one another because we had a Jaws poster in our trailer during the attack. And, um, and you read you read books. I like to read the books about. Uh, you know, um, well, let's see, Adrian Barbeau's book and some others that are friends of mine, and and they they, they put in little nuances of, of little pieces of reality, you know, why something actually came to came to be, and it's interesting for the uh, uh, the uninitiated reader, but also for those that were involved in in, in the making of these projects. I think it's a nice uh, smile and a nod to the rest of us because. So, uh, artists, we are a family of uh, uh, people who tell stories and try to make the world a better place. There's, there is a lot of content out there in you know, cable, TV, and even in film that really uh, uh, don't deserve much recognition or, or, or time spent, especially 
the way they're geared to our children and and uh, really bad choices. I won't even name some of the titles. It's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. garbage in, garbage out. But we have quality in art and and uh, imagination, and it's honest. And you get some really good talent in you know in in your departments like you know your sound and your camera and wardrobe and the art director and then and also your actors. It's not all about the actors, kids. I meet people all the time that want to get in the business, and I tell them you might not want to be in front of the camera. You might be happier behind the camera right. or doing something else. So it's a, it is a big industry, and and I'm also grateful that it is a uh, uh, an industry that. During good times and bad times, you can still work. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Now, you know, it, knock well, on wood. Yeah. <laughs> In uh, 85, you did The Hills Have Eyes Part 2. Now, did you have any apprehension the way, you know, nowadays they, they come out with so many sequels and everything. Did you have any apprehension about doing uh, The Hills Have Eyes Part 2? Well, no, I certainly didn't, did, did not. It had a little different look, a little fresher, a little more, uh, uh, a different vi- uh, visual look. Um I really appreciated the dog flashback. I thought that was really keen. Uh, some of the backstory was was brought forward. That was good. Uh, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't. I didn't understand why they came up with the Reaper character because he just um, it didn't seem to fit into the. Uh, um, I, I just thought it was a, a misplaced character, and the makeup for him was horrible. But um, um, it has its moments. But the original is is really the classic. Right. Uh, Hills two, yeah, yeah, and I give it a C plus. What about remakes? When they do the remakes, what do you think of those? Well, I uh, anyone who knows me, uh, I do about ten to twelve conventions uh, a year, plus five to six independent film um, festivals, and I I'm a pretty frank guy, and and. Um, I think most of the sequels, I appreciate it is an industry, it is a business, and if you buy the rights, you, should, you, you have a right to make your, make your film. But I, 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 think, I think people should write their own stories and tell their own stories. There's so many untold, wonderful stories that are not out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, remakes, um, you know, maybe it's easy money. Uh, I didn't think very much of the remakes of Hills Have Eyes. I thought they were just uh, basically a video game with a lot of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's an insult to audiences. It's just so visceral and, and mind-numbing. Uh, slash, face kill, uh, oh, here's a new device. Oh, that kills them pretty interestingly. Uh, no backstory. There was no character development. So when you about a victim because they haven't developed their personality for the viewing audience, I think it just makes it gratuitous. And so I'm not a big fan at all of uh, remakes. Yeah. Not really at all. Now, 86, you be, you had a chance to be part of the Star Trek legacy. I mean, Star Trek Four. 
Oh um, yeah. How, did you did you jump at that when they, they you were offered that or? Well, when I went to Paramount and had the uh, audition, and then uh, they just hired me on the spot, and I was just thrilled. And I said, "Who's going to be our director?" And he told me it would be Leonard. I was I was tickled. Mm. And Leonard's a I really appreciate him. He's so um, he's disciplined. He doesn't put up with misbehavior. We were filming on on a sound. Sometimes some of the crews they get a little jaded, you know. So they're complaining about, gee, should I buy it? Uh, should I upgrade my sailboat from a 22 to a 26? Because I got all this extra money. I'm working all the time. And uh, occasionally you get that. We had a fella up on a catwalk take a coin and drop it into a lagoon from about 40 feet up. And good Lord, you know, you don't do that kind of stuff. Safety on the set is very important. I, I mean, I'll just say this. I. I started with Brandon Lee and McCrow, and I've said there with mm-hmm. regards to safety, you cannot compromise. And and Leonard gave him one shot. He says, uh, "Electricians uh, did that." They all giggled and shut their mouth, didn't say a word. So, uh, Leonard got on the phone, called a suit, an executive, and says, "I want a new crew now." Wow! So everybody got fired and lost their job because some fool was acting like a child. It wasn't man enough to say. I did that, and I'm sorry, and that was a stupid thing to do. It could have hurt somebody. But instead, it was like, ha, 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 we're just working on a soundstage, whatever the number, and, you know, punching the clock. And uh, I thought it was uh, very disrespectful. You know, it takes a long time to get your funding up, and oh, yeah. and you have to uh, have respect for your, uh, your various departments, including the ones that are, uh, you know, funding it and scheduling it and allowing everybody else to work because when you have a, uh, a film going you're, um, you know with your payers you're looking at uh, anywhere from 100 to 300 people uh, being able to help and pay the bills and mortgage for their families right and maybe yeah. get some health insurance you know so it's just not about one person making their career fantastic and getting a bigger bump next time it's nice to win awards sure but I really like the the group effort. It's like family to me. Uh, conventions and, and especially, but when you're working on a set, it's like a family and it's an extended family. And when, anytime you can work with somebody a second time, and and then you get you get to wherever you're going, you get to the hotel, you look at the call sheet, and you go, oh my God, so and so's working. I can't wait to see them and catch up on how their family's doing, how their life is going, and how how well they're working. Things like that. That's it really is. It really is a, uh, a community of artists. Now, two years after that, you got a chance to be in Star Trek's Next Generation as Captain Ricks. How, how did that come about? Uh, my my agent, um, and you know, I do have a unique look, so sometimes it's a, it's an easy fit. And uh, I'm at the point now where I, I don't I don't have to audition. It's just a straight offer. You know, they send me the script. If I like it, I'll go. Yes, I like this. Maybe we can change that. And uh, you know, after thirty something years, uh, you better be in that position or you're not doing it. Right. I, I was tickled because uh, um, I'm a big fan of uh, of Gene Roddenberry's uh, creation. I I always thought he wasn't getting enough respect from the studios in the beginning is pretty obvious. Uh, Major Barrett's a pretty good friend. I, I see her at a lot of the bigger conventions like Dragon Con and others, and we always have breakfast together. And uh, and uh, she, she kind of just, you know, tells me stories about her and Jean and how it all came about. And uh, the new one, uh, the new film I just saw, oh, man, wonderful, wonderful. Just 
just beautifully put together. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But to be Captain Ricks, and, and there's a collector card. I signed hundreds of them. For, you know, oh, really? Yeah. For that character. Huh. Conspiracy. Uh, so it's a real treat to be part of the legacy. I'm I'm very uh, very honored to be part of it. Thank you, Paramount, and again, thank you, George Powell, for getting me a start in all this. I, I happen to you mentioned uh, you know the, you've been in a lot of films lately, doing a lot of stuff, and I happen to see because we reviewed on our our show uh, Brothers War, yes, where you played uh, Colonel uh, Petrov, I think his name was, I think uh, Petrov, yeah, yes, yeah, a, yes. a Russian. Yeah, saw you on that one. And uh, now you have a lot of things coming up. Um, uh, but I noticed on on your credits here that you're actually producing one of them, the Groundhouse. Um, it's still in, um, not really uh, gearing up at this point. Oh, okay. I am, uh, I am helping uh, with uh, my my wife has a story that is uh, we're we're getting through the rough draft right now. It's. Uh, uh, it's a drama. It's an empowerment film for women. The guys will love it. They'll learn something. It's a really wonderful project. And uh, all I can tell you is the title. It's called Wendy. Mm-hmm. And everything else is still pretty much hush-hush until we get more negotiations and meetings and, and get farther down the line. But I think for our first in the first film, um, for us to be one of the executive producers on this, and... Um, I'm very excited. It uh, takes place in the '70s and in California, and it's going to have some. It's going to make you cry. It's going to make you thrilled. It's um, it's based on a true story, and um, I'm pretty darn tickled about that. Wow. Hopefully, in a few months, I can articulate a little more thoroughly about it. But uh, yeah, I'd say between now and the next year, you know, be looking for it because it's. Uh, it's one of those beautiful indie movies that you go, oh yeah, and it has a very wide appeal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Brothers War was very uh, accurate historically, and um, what happened uh, in, on the Eastern Front, the Masons uh, were being attacked, they had to shut down all the lodges, they changed the signs so they wouldn't be murdered. Um, almost everybody on the on the shoot was either ex-military and or um, a Mason. It's... Uh, um, I was very proud to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't hold you up too much longer, but I just have uh, two quick questions left. Sure, um, sure. And these are sort of off the beaten path of everything we've been talking about, uh, but this just helps people get to know you a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. For you, what are your two favorite TV shows? Old or new doesn't make any difference. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it would have to be... Um, well, can I go three? Because I'll cover. Oh, sure, that's fine. That, yeah. Number one would have to be the Red Skelton show. Why? Because yeah. it was live and it was Red Skelton and his genius. Yeah. And I used to read comic books at his at his home because his son was in my grammar school class. Richard Skelton. The second oh. one would have to be Rod Serling's Twilight Zone. Classic. The obvious, brilliant uh, uh, stories and humanity, and. Um, well, I'm a big fan of uh, the early Frasers. I just think they're just wonderful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are, yeah, those would do. Too. That would do for a three list. Yeah. <laughs> what about movies? Movies number one. Um, um, I'll pick two because they're so sweet to the genre of film. Uh, um, 
the one based on William Castle, which is called Matinee with John Goodman, when yes. John does that soliloquy to, to explain to the guy, uh, he's on stage and he's explaining what happens when you have a, uh, a film at a, at a theater, and, and, and it's such a sweet film. Uh, I met Joe a few times at some shows, and great guy. I, I love that film. I also love uh, um, Doc Hollywood. Uh, I just think that's just a wonderful film. Yeah, and um, well, I am partial to The Crow. It has some fantastic messages, and probably uh, Farewell to the King or mm, At Playing the Fields of the Lord. I like those a lot too. There's mm. many, many more. Yeah, for an action film, I'd have to go with uh, yeah, maybe Boondock Saints. And, of course, anything by Josh Whedon is, you know, my goodness gracious. Yep. You know, huh. From Serenity to Angel and Buffy, you name it, the guy is uh, incredible. Huh. It's always interesting to hear what, what celebrities like for for films and, and TV shows like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm a big Food Channel uh, guy. I like drive-ins, diners, and dives. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, w- I would like to uh, meet Guy, Sierra, and... Uh, and um, maybe do one of my um, uh, signature personal recipes and see how he likes it because I used to do I used to be uh, work, I used to work at a winery as a, as a cook and I've had my own restaurant years ago and I just I love to cook so that would be interesting um, <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 I want to when I want to have my manager get in, get in touch with his people because I think uh, we could have a lot of fun on that show yeah well Michael I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us my pleasure and everybody everybody who's listening uh, please support your arts, and any if you have a local uh, marquee theater, don't let it go belly up. Preserve it. it, it they don't. They don't make them like that anymore. And I want to thank Michael Berryman for taking the time to talk to us. Michael is such a great guy. I mean, he he will talk to you if you are at a convention or a film festival or anything. He will talk to you. Don't be afraid to go up to him and talk to him. That's that's the trouble. A lot of people think of these film festivals or conventions that, that you know they don't want to talk to these people because uh, they're they're unapproachable. But uh, Michael is not one of those people. He he loves to talk to people, and um, it's it's just he's such a great guy. So uh, if you get a chance, talk with him because he's he he can uh, you know really you know make you feel good. <laughs> he's a nice guy. And um, let's see, next week is our 100th show. That's right, 100 shows we've had, and I hope you'll join us for that as we welcome a very special guest to our show. And remember, we want you to take our poll question. It's Oscar season, and the question is dealing with the Oscars. Which movie do you think will be best picture for the Oscars this year? Well, we have all 10 listed. Just click on which one you think and cast your vote. So we appreciate that. See if we can come up with the correct one. All right. Till next week, the 100th show. This is Brian Zimrak. Take care.